Hello, and welcome to our podcast, Witness to Hope, for the second Sunday of Advent. Happy Advent. Happy Advent. Uh, So this week we're going to try something a little different. Um, Rather than specifically focusing on the readings this week, um, we sort of discerned that we should go the route of reflecting on a theme that had been really present to us over the week and over the last number of weeks. Um, And the theme is sort of crystallized in our minds was uh, the faithfulness of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and in Advent, it's it's such a great time to talk about the faithfulness of God because, uh, you know, when we read the Old Testament readings from around this period, we hear a lot about um, Israel waiting, waiting for the Messiah, waiting for the Lord to come. Um, and this is a nation that has always patiently waited for the Lord, um, and then when the Lord comes, good things, hard things, but good things happen. So you think about, um, you know, the exile in Egypt and how they waited for the Lord and he faithfully came and sent Moses to deliver them out of bondage. So this was a difficult time, but the Lord was faithful to them in their trials and, and, and all of that. Even though, um, as we know, just like each of us as a person, we are not always faithful to the Lord. You know, we have the story of them ending up having to wander in the desert for 40 years because they erected golden calves. I mean, we do stuff like that. And yet the Lord stays faithful to us. Well, and even um, the when you read the lives of the saints and mm-hmm. a lot of the martyrs, you know, they're, they're basically being killed for being Christians, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, being faithful to God as well is sometimes... A, um, in our physical bodies, a, a very dangerous thing, mm. but um, God never lets us down. It seems so. Mm-hmm. It's a challenge, but at the same time, we we both felt that the the faithfulness needs to be almost addressed in a sense this week because, well, it's it's something that we both prayed on, but mm-hmm. at the same time, it's it's something that we both have. Experienced. I mean, as a family, but also individually. Yeah, well, when we uh, first met, I think we may have mentioned this in one of our earlier podcasts. Um, Tim and I were both members of a, a community of Franciscans. Um, and something that our superior at the time um, used to talk about all the time was God's providence. Um, and the community often had to pray for providence because as Franciscans, they were poor poor by charter, uh, and they relied on on the providence of the Lord through other people. Um, And when we left um, that community uh, and then later on got married, that always stayed with me, and I I know with you too. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we were, you know, like any young couple, we had our our struggles through the years of times where, you know, work was light and bills were high. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes. kids coming at what would, at least in a worldly sense, look like an inconvenient time for whatever reason of just you were out of work or I, you know, or I was sick or something like that, you know, yeah. just like, or we were moving. I have never once moved. <laughs> We've never once moved as a couple where I wasn't pregnant or didn't have a newborn. Yeah. And God was faithful to us. Yeah, absolutely. He was, uh, and still is, mm. um, yeah, the God praying for God's providence in in a marriage, I think is it's a challenge mm-hmm. because um, you think because <laughs> we we were naive kids when we got married. Oh yeah, and 
and I think a, a lot of people are, and they want everything, you know, within like six months of the wedding, they want to have the house, the car, and, you know, everything figured out. And, mm. but, you know, you realize that essentially, according to society, <laughs> you're living under the poverty line. And, and that's... And we were it, up until even recently, and I didn't ever feel poor. No, no. I mean, you know, you're reminded when, uh, you know, you see these news stories about the poverty line and where you sit, and you just kind of sit there and wonder, but we're making it work. Mm-hmm. And, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the interesting and lovely thing about God's providence is that it's not in, in our time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So anytime that we've ever experienced it, and we'll talk more about some of our our dealings with God's providence uh, later on, but every time we've received it, it it threw us off, mm-hmm. and or you know it, receiving the grace that that only God can give, but seeing the instruments that He uses. Um, to, to be a witness to that, you know, is, I, I guess, along the lines of the name of our podcast, mm-hmm. you know, w- we are able to see God, you know, at our front door rather than just like looking up at the clouds and hoping. Dropping off Timbits and candy canes. Thanks, Laura. Um, and, and Dan. And Dan. I know. I should. We had friends, anyway, who dropped off uh, Timbits and candy canes this week because Tim was sick and I was at work and they're just very lovely of them. Um, but I think that's a sort of, that's a light version of Providence, but we've had some incredibly awe inspiring and hope giving experiences, um, in our marriage. I mean, our, our parents have always been very supportive and very wonderful and we're incredibly grateful for that and have often commented that we saw God's providence through them. Mm-hmm. But there were some other occasions, um, where it was something, it was something a little bit beyond, like a little bit beyond where it was people who had no bond with us, who felt in some way called to treat us like brothers and sisters. Yeah. And, and if you're listening to this, we're not going to call you out by name, even though we know a few of you by name. (laughs) Um, but being on the receiving end of, of God's grace through you was, and still is such a memorable moment in our lives. Yeah, I, I agree. And we always think about it a little bit more around Christmas because one of the most obvious times, I mean, over the years we've had a lot of, anytime we had a baby, people would drop off meals and that, and, and that was just an incredible gift to me um, and to us as a couple. Mm-hmm. But uh, was it two years ago? Yeah. I can never even remember. It feels like it was just yesterday. Two years ago, just before Christmas, um, Tim, yeah, Tim lost his job. And it was like one of those things where we were, we just sort of commented on Facebook about it or something. Well, the, there was the, the job loss. Sorry, mm-hmm. sorry to cut no, you no. off. Um, the the shop that I had worked in as a cabinet maker had closed. And, Suddenly. And... Um, Emotionally, it was very difficult for me. And it was between that and Christmas that, so that was, I think, September. Yeah. So between September and December, I'd found out as well that I had been dealing with uh, depression and anxiety. Mm-hmm. 
And so that had been diagnosed in between September and December. <laughs> and basically being told to put the job search on hold and just get healthy. Mm-hmm. Well, I was supporting how many people at that point? No, I think, I think there, was, there were seven of us because yeah, George was, wasn't born yet. I'm not, yeah, two years ago, yeah, James was born. So, <clears throat> so I, sorry, I just wanted to explain no, no, wh- where, where we were when we posted. You have a much better memory about that stuff than I do, so that's always really helpful when you when you put in those details. So what happened was, yeah, you and I both sort of posted on it, and we asked for prayers. Um, as much as anything for prayers for sort of fortitude as you were kind of coming to terms with the depression and anxiety and the the shop in particular was a very special place to us like it was you know it was a place where you had sort of risen up within the shop and there were some opportunities there in the future we saw sort of room to grow there and so there was uh, like layers of devastation over that that it was hard to just let it go um and it, yeah, it was emotionally really difficult for both of us. Um, but even like the day that you came home, I remember the first thing that we did was, um, I, I we just the kids and I. I don't know what it, it just like the Holy Spirit was clearly on us because the second you came home, we all just circled you and prayed over you, which mm-hmm. is not something that I am prone to do. I am not like a charismatic prayer person like I love it and I'm getting better at it but at the time I was not that person um I'm more like go off and pray my rosary in the corner and keep my charisma to myself so we did that and then we you're laughing I can see it anyway and we went and we prayed over you and then sort of just asked for prayers on Facebook um we felt really called for that so what ended up happening anyway I'm making a very long story out of this um was that our community our church community at St. Benedict's and other people there was some other others yeah there was um some folks um I can't what's it it was, you know what, we, we adopted a Greyhound and some friends through the Greyhound group came and helped us. And there was another church community from one of your former co-workers uh-huh. and all of them knowing that, you know, each of them seemed to know what was going on uh, and knew that the others were helping. They all sort of overwhelmed us with their generosity. I mean, there was levels of generosity. There was gifts for the kids. There was um, some meals that got dropped off, turkeys, things like that. But the, the funny thing is, like, it, it wasn't just the one thing. Mm-mm. It was, you know, things when we needed them. So, you know, when we were basically coming to terms that this was going to be that Christmas that there was hardly anything under the tree. Yeah, we sort of pr- primed the kids for that. You know, um, we kind of accepted that, and then we started getting, you know, phone calls or people coming over and visiting when they knew the kids would be in bed. And, mm. you know, so, like, you could feel that, I guess, Christmas spirit. But, I mean, I, I just, that Holy Spirit is, yeah, I agree. is what I would call it. And... But but then there's like the meals and yeah the the financial help was tremendous was tremendous especially yeah. in the gap where we were waiting for EI to start um, it made such a huge difference absolutely and anyway it, it it was a completely different experience for me humbling mm. because at, at first you don't want to accept it and nope. I think I think that's. Um, that that's a way that 
I can kind of relate myself anyway to how mm-hmm. I want or not want to accept God's grace. Yeah, I agree. Because I don't feel worthy. I'm I'm almost hum- humiliated because I don't understand why he's he's giving me this gift of his love. Unmerited grace. Where with all of our friends and and church family and everyone that that helped us you know get through some really dark days um at first i was humiliated hmm. and and I, I won't deny that but at the same time i i came to terms with it because you know th- these people were were god's hands they they helped us they they did everything they could to make sure that we were as happy and as healthy as we needed to be mm-hmm. and where where we needed to be come whether it was December 25th or you know February 3rd like mm-hmm. you know it didn't matter what day it was it was more that they came out they came out of the woodwork and they kept coming they didn't they didn't stop well and i i guess it, to me like the it just it brings it back this is the way i feel about christmas now because i mean a couple of years ago christmas was also a very sad year because my mother had just been diagnosed with cancer so christmas was both exciting because she lived longer than we thought but also very difficult but it all ties in in my mind of like the gift you don't expect, the gift of having my mother until Christmas when we thought she was going to die within, which we thought she would have passed by October. Um, that to me is such a symbol of God's continued constant faithfulness. Mm-hmm. Um, and I tie that in now to my feeling of Advent, you know, the feeling of getting more than you deserved, mm-hmm. getting more than you worked for, getting more than you deserved, but also you know, the answer to a prayer. Because yeah. I know that year when you lost your job, that was a prayer. And I think was it even the same year? It's, I'm really kind of confused now. Um, I think it was even this, or the year, it doesn't matter. I'm, my timelines are really lousy. But it was within either the same year or the year just the year before um, that my mom got sick. Um and her surviving until Christmas, and then she lived longer than that, obviously. Um, that was an answer to a prayer, too. Mm-hmm. And I have always, ever since I began to believe in God, I have always felt secure in his plan for me. I, you know, it's a little Pollyanna. I get accused of being a little bit Pollyanna about it, that God will take care of things sometimes. But I, no, I think that that is a signal of my trust in the Lord. Mm-hmm. The first time I heard Pope John Paul say to me, in the crowd, it wasn't me particularly, but in the crowd at World, at World Youth Day, do not be afraid. Okay. Yeah. Don't be afraid of anything. You know, that's that's a tremendous gift to be able to face the world. I mean, to face your, you know, your chronic illness, your depression, all the troubles that we, you know, we've had, you know, externally with, with jobs and, and other things and, and just say like, okay, Lord... I'm going to not be afraid right now because you are faithful. It's interesting because I, over the past couple of weeks, I've received a little bit more news about my health and, Mm. you know, it's not, not super, but at the same time, like it's, it's another, 
um, just another another thing that's on the horizon. Mm-hmm. And um, I mentioned, uh, I think I put it on social media, just about the diagnosis of, mm-hmm. um, I can't even remember the exact wording, but it, I, I have, because of the, the issues I've had with diabetes over almost 25 years, um, my right eye is getting cloudy and fuzzy. And mm-hmm. so, so I have to have a, um, a couple procedures that I'm really nervous about. Nobody wants and needles in their eyeballs. No. Um, and, you know, I, I'm nervous because it's, it's something I've never experienced. And mm-hmm. I think that's why I'm, I'm so upset. But anyway, what I'm getting at is um, someone mentioned to us walking into church last week that, um, you know, we, we've had a really rough go with, with our health issues and, mm-hmm. and stuff. And the, the interesting thing for me is, yeah, if, if you sit back and look at it, yeah, it's, it's been rough. But I am so grateful. Mm. I'm so grateful that I've been diagnosed with everything that I've received because I am able to, to see the blessings I'm able to to feel God's love, not just you know, you know Sunday from nine to ten or ten thirty, whenever it is that we we get out of church. You know, I I feel it every single day mm-hmm. because you know I'm you know I I might be uh, just let's jump the gun here. Mm-hmm. I might be losing part of my vision, mm-hmm. part of what makes it possible for me to to drive to to really be uh like a partner in this family with you and you know a parent like a a physical teacher to to our kids and Mm -hmm. i'm not saying someone with um vision problems can't do all those things but in my mind i see it as as a disability. It's an obstacle because you would have to relearn a lot of things and how yeah. to do things with your changed abilities. So I, I guess I, I'm kind of rambling here, but um, what I what I was getting at, if I can remember where I was going, <laughs> uh, all, all the all these issues though, I I just see them as as God's grace because you know I was. I deal with with diabetes every single day, and if I forget an insulin shot, I I'm sick for for hours, because that's just how my body reacts. Mm-hmm. But you know, I have I have been blessed, and it, it's not just that I have you know a supportive wife or six beautiful children and my extended family and friends. It's that I know God thinks of me. Mm-hmm. I know God holds me in his hand. I know that he he thinks of me constantly and he wants me to love him no matter what, to trust him. So, yeah, all these negative things can be thrown at me. And yeah, I will feel sorry for myself every now and then, but the love the faithfulness, the truth that God has for me, how, how can I be upset? 
how can I be scared? Mm-hmm. I, I can't be. I'm, well, I can, I, can, <laughs> I can be, but I mean, I know that there's that joy, that connection, that something that I can't explain brings me this much joy. Yeah. I, and we've seen the hands of God's faithfulness through other people in our lives, and we've had opportunities to be an expression of God's faithfulness to others as well. Um, so I agree with you. It's like, how could I not be joyful? I mean, yes, there are going to be moments that are going to be tinged with sadness, um, but at, at the same time, it's like, if I, if I didn't have the Lord, I would have crumbled by now. I would have fallen apart. I would not have survived the past year. Um, I, I wouldn't have survived, you know, even the last 10 years because I am so, like all of us, I am so broken and so selfish. Mm. So God has been faithful in helping us to keep our vow to take care of one another and to love one another and our, our vow to be good parents as much as we can. And that's all God's grace, right? Yeah. Um, there's no doubt in my mind that my selfishness by now would have far overridden any personal virtue I may have built up by the time that we met. So it's all the supernatural virtue for sure. Super for sure. <laughs> so we just wanted to share with you that sort of that thought as we prepare for Advent or prepare for Christmas throughout Advent um, that our focus on the manger and, and on Christmas is really about God who is always present and who always shows his faithfulness, um, but also who is coming again entirely to come and show us his faithfulness to the end, that he will bring us all to his kingdom. So that's a thought for your second week of Advent. Would you like to close in prayer? Yes, I would. Oh, I see. That's how it's going to be. Make one reference of charismatic prayer, and now I'm being asked. All right. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear Lord, thank you for being uh, present with us tonight. Thank you for inspiring us to reflect on the occasions in our lives when you have been present and have shown your love and your care and your fatherly devotion to us. Um, both through the virtues you plant in our hearts and through the virtues you have planted in the hearts of others. Thank you for the fortitude that we experience in in our struggles and for the joy that our children bring us in those struggles. And tonight, Lord, if, if anyone's listening and they're in that moment of trial, that moment of exile in Egypt, when they're waiting to be delivered up, Um, be with them comfort them send to them the good kind hearted people who can be instruments of your grace and of your mercy and let each of us be that person to someone not just during Advent not just during Christmas but all year that we thank you for being present with us tonight and for sending us your spirit and hopefully our words were guided by your spirit tonight And uh, please bless and protect all those who listen to our podcast. And may everyone have a good and blessed Advent. Amen? Amen. Have a good night, guys.